your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 581 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, given that the Rangers have had a little bit of a break in the schedule, you know, I think only one game in five days, if my math is correct, I thought this would be as good of a time as any to kind of check in on some of the New York Ranger prospects. I know a lot of fans get really excited when they hear that, you know, some of the, uh, New York Ranger draft picks are excelling in whatever league they might be playing in, and uh, this is as good a time as any, as I said, uh, to go ahead and check in on some of the progress of some of those players. So we're going to do that in due time in today's episode. But first, I did want to start with an update on Capo Caco. There was an update on Twitter today, Monday, that Caco is currently listed as week-to-week with a lower body injury. So that's two vague terms for the price of one there. I mean, I know, listen, for hockey... It seems like every player, when they're out with an injury, it's either an upper body injury or a lower body injury. Those are the only two injuries that exist in the world of the NHL. And I get it to an extent, you know, maybe there's a feeling that teams don't want other teams to target uh, their injured players' injured area when they return to the ice and when they return to game competition. That could be part of it. Uh, But again, it's just always a very, very vague diagnosis when it comes to, uh, you know, the team disclosing what the injury actually is. So there's that, and then there's also the fact that he is listed as week-to-week. And I saw Gerard Gallant earlier today was hoping that the Rangers might be able to have Capo Caco back with, uh, you know, two or three games remaining before the uh, regular season ends. And that would be very ideal. And it's funny because we actually just went through this with Capo Caco and also with Kevin Rooney. Both those two players missed significant amount of time with injuries, And, you know, my hope, as I said all along, was that they can get back into the lineup with at least, you know, five, six, seven games left in the regular season uh, before the playoffs start. That's an ideal scenario in that case because you don't want somebody to return from missing a month or two months or even longer with an injury. You don't want their first game back to be, you know, game three, game four, game five of a playoff series. I mean, if that's what it has to be, then that's what it has to be. But ideally, you certainly want to get them back uh, at the end of the regular season when the Rangers, you know, they've already clinched their playoff spot and, you know, just kind of get them back into the swing of things that way. And they don't have to hit the ground running right in the middle of a Stanley Cup playoff series. And now we're right back in that situation uh, with Capo Caco. And as a quick aside, I thought this was kind of interesting. I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast, but when Caco and Rooney were both out with an injury, the two of them were kind of rehabbing together. And apparently they were kind of keeping each other motivated. And Rooney was joking. They did a presser with uh, Rooney and Caco. I think it was after the first game back for both of those players, which was, of course, the same game. And Rooney was joking that, yeah, you know, we kind of had a competition of who could get back into the lineup first. And, of course, they ended up tying. They both got back out there uh, in the same game. Unfortunately, Kako now gets injured again just four games after his return. He got injured in the first period of his fourth game back. And what's really, really unfortunate about this 
I mean, there's a lot that's unfortunate about this, but it seems like every time Capo Caco starts to kind of heat it up, starts to kind of find it a little bit, starts to get it going in a positive direction, he ends up having an injury. I remember uh, a season or two ago, Kako had a really nice two-goal performance, and it wasn't just the two goals. The two goals are great. You'll take that all day, any day. But he just had a really, really good game and ended up scoring two goals, including the overtime game winner. This was either last season or the season before that. But just when it looked like he was getting ready to start rolling, uh, he was out with an injury. And then, you know, he gets injured this season, and it was right after, you know, he kind of seemed to find his way a little bit on the second line with Artemi Panarin and with Ryan Strom. I mean, the points weren't necessarily there every single night, but it seemed like he was starting to find his groove a little bit. He gets injured, misses a grand total of, I believe it was 31 games, and now he comes back. He scores two goals against the Philadelphia Flyers, and what happens? He gets injured in the first period of the very next game. So you feel for Capo Caco, and you feel for the Rangers because... You know, they made all these trades at the deadline to address their depth, and that's great and everything. And obviously, you know, those players that they brought in continue to help this team in a lot of different ways. But depth all of a sudden starting to become a little bit of an issue again. I mean, uh, knock on wood that nothing happens to, you know, the bonafide superstar players on this team. I think the Rangers are lucky in that respect. I mean, certainly... You know, it looks like their top players are all going to be ready to go for the playoffs. But, you know, Tyler Mott gets taken out on a borderline dirty hit. And Capo Caco is now out of the lineup. You still don't have Sammy Blaze. So there are still some lingering injuries. And certainly, if everybody was available, this team would be uh, a lot better than the team that they're going to throw out there onto the ice Tuesday night against the Winnipeg Jets. So again, it's just really unfortunate that the injuries are starting to, the injury bug rather, is starting to bite once again. Uh, you just hope that this is the end of it, and you hope that Capo Caco once again can get back before the regular season ends. It sounds like that's what Gerard Gallant is hopeful for. I remain a little bit skeptical as it pertains to that because uh, you guys know how it is with the Rangers. I can't be the only person who's noticed this over the years where, you know, they'll say that somebody's out for, you know, two to four weeks and it ends up being more like six to eight weeks. You guys know the drill when it comes to the New York Rangers and their injury diagnosis. And I don't know if it's just blind optimism. Maybe they genuinely believe that a player is going to get back sooner uh, than they end up getting back. But yeah, I mean, I... I, I hope that this is correct and that Kako is indeed out there once again with two to three regular season games left uh, before the playoffs start. Because once again, as we discussed with Kako's last injury and with Rooney's injury, uh, I think it certainly benefits the player to get a couple of, even if it's just two or three games, just get a couple more regular season games under your belt before you have to really hit the ground running, uh, jumping back into the lineup in the middle of a playoff series. Now, as far as how the Rangers can handle Capo Kako's uh, absence, they Rolled with line combinations at practice today, Monday, pretty much in the way that you would expect them to. They move Alexi Lafreniere up from the fourth line to the third line. I mean, I don't really think that Lafreniere was going to stay on the fourth line for too much longer, especially after his two-goal performance in the last game. But Lafreniere moves up from fourth line left wing to third line left wing. And again, this is where Barclay Goodrow's, uh, you know, versatility really, really comes in handy for the Rangers. They simply move him from third line left wing to third line right wing. And Philip Hedl is centering that line. And as far as the fourth line is concerned, uh, Ryan Reeves now back into the lineup, or at least that's how it looks here based on what they did at practice. Ryan Reeves steps in uh, on the right wing on the fourth line. You've got Kevin Rooney centering the fourth line and Dryden Hunt uh, now moving over to left wing on the uh, fourth line. So that certainly seems like it's how the Rangers will line up on Tuesday night when they play host to the Winnipeg Jets. But again, just really, really unfortunate that Capo Caco, uh, once again injured, once again on the shelf. You really feel for the kid and 
you know, again, it, it just seems like he's snake bin. Anytime he has a big game or seems to start to, you know, be playing a little bit better, this is what happens. He gets injured, and you hope that uh, he doesn't turn out to be an injury-prone player long-term uh, because he has had his fair share of injuries since coming into the league. Uh, this is now his third season in the NHL. So just unfortunate that the Rangers are going to be without him. Uh, it is nice that they have a little bit more depth, but uh, for those people that wanted Vitaly Kravtsov back into the lineup, you're going to have more fuel added to your fire here because now uh, Kako goes down, and of course Kako and Kravtsov both play right wing. Right wing remains, you know, kind of the Rangers' little bit of a weakness. I mean, they addressed it a little bit, you know, picking up Andrew Kopp, who can play anywhere. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're now in a situation where, uh, you know, they're going to be without Kako, and they're just going to have to figure it out and put the pieces together moving forward here. And, again, we'll all keep our fingers crossed that Kako can get back into the lineup, preferably before the playoffs start. But hopefully, one way or another, we have not seen the last of Capo Kako this season. So uh, that pretty much covers, you know, the Kako situation. It's obviously a developing storyline and something that we'll keep tabs on going forward throughout the rest of the regular season, even into the playoffs here. We are going to turn our attention to uh, some of the Ranger prospects who are lighting it up in their respective leagues, and we will do that in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so I mentioned that we're going to talk about some Ranger prospects today, and I think it would be foolish to start with anybody other than this man that I'm about to talk about right here, right now, and that is, of course, Brennan Othman. I think a lot of people probably noticed on social media the other night that he had a whale of a game for himself in the uh, OHL Flint Firebirds regular season finale. I mean, he's had an unbelievable season just to begin with, but in the Firebirds regular season finale, Brennan Othman entered that contest with 46 goals, and against all odds, he hit the 50-goal plateau with a four-goal night. He now, on the season, which has now concluded, the regular season is over, the OHL will be getting its playoffs uh, fairly shortly here. Uh, Brent Hoffman, 66 games played for the Flint Firebirds. He's their captain, by the way. He was named the captain uh, in the middle of this season. But he's played in 66 games, scored 50 goals, and dished out 47 assists. So this kid, 19 years old, has 97 points in 66 games. He's also a plus 17 on the season. I mean, what else is there to say? That's ridiculous. Video game-like numbers and just incredibly impressive. And now he's got the playoffs coming up. And I hope that, you know, he has a great run there, and maybe he even leads uh, the Flint Firebirds to an OHL championship. Uh, they are the three seed in the Western Conference of that league, for whatever that's worth to anybody, and they'll be taking on the number six-seeded Owen Sound attack. But yeah, I mean, this kid has just been on a completely ridiculous level. Apparently, he set a goal at the beginning of the season that he wants to establish himself as a top-five player in the OHL. Well, I would say mission accomplished. Uh, like I said, those are just jaw-dropping, 
unreal numbers. And for anybody who needs a little bit of a refresher, may not remember, Brandon Offman was a first-round pick by the New York Rangers. He's a left winger. They took him in the first round in this past year's draft and living up to the hype and then some. Just absolutely letting it up with the Flint Firebirds. And we'll see what happens next season. We'll see how long it takes takes for him, excuse me, to become a New York Ranger. I mean, there's not really that much else for him to prove in the OHL when uh, you come away with a 97-point season, a 50-goal season, uh, averaging about a point and a half uh, per game. Just absolutely ridiculous. And listen, I realize he's not going to be or probably won't be, at least not right away, a point and a half per game player in the NHL. But when you're producing points like this at any level of hockey, uh, it's very impressive. It's going to cause a lot of people to turn their heads. And it's just great to see that, you know, he's basically done everything that could have possibly been asked for him with the Flint Firebirds. Like I said, he was named their captain uh, this season as well. And uh, clearly leading this team the best way he knows how by just going out there and pretty much lighting it up on a nightly basis. The only thing that's kind of a bummer and it's not really that big of a deal, but it's the very simple fact that he's a left winger as opposed to maybe a right winger because, you know, you look at the Rangers and they're absolutely loaded when it comes to left wing. And as we've talked about, we even mentioned it earlier today, uh, right wing seems to be the weakness. If there is a weakness on this Ranger team, if there is a spot where they're lacking a little bit of depth, uh, both now and then going into next season when some of these guys will leave in free agency, I would say it probably is right wing. But there's always ways around that. We've seen Alexi Lafreniere play some right wing. We've seen some Chris Kreider play a little bit of right wing here and there. Not so much this season because he hit the ground running this season. And I don't think they wanted to mess with anything having to do with Chris Kreider with, with the season that he's had. Uh, but both those guys have played some right wing. Maybe Brandon Offman at some point can play the right side as well. Uh, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But... Regardless of what position he plays, again, just an absolutely phenomenal season for Brian Offman with the OHL. And, of course, we'll keep our tabs on the Flint Firebirds as well. Everything else being equal, give me a Ranger prospect who's uh, done a lot of winning. And to get an OHL championship is no easy task either. 16 teams make the playoffs. It's just like the NHL. Uh, looks like it's best of seven every single round. So... All the best to Brent Hoffman and the Flint Firebirds, and hopefully he can just continue what has been an absolutely remarkable season in the OHL. And the only other thing that I want to mention about Hoffman real quick here is a while back, I do want to acknowledge this, I did an episode, caught a little bit of flack from some Ranger fans, uh, because what I did in that episode was I floated, it just floated the idea of the Rangers maybe trading Hoffman at or near the trade deadline. Now listen. By no means was I campaigning for the Rangers to move him. I never said it was this excellent idea or something that they absolutely must do, and I don't think that now either, especially after the season that he just had. I simply was floating the idea that there are some Ranger fans out there that really wanted the Rangers to go all in this season, go out and do their best to trade for a bona fide superstar player. And the only way to do that is you got to give up something pretty significant as far as what goes back in the other direction. The Rangers were never going to get a superstar player for some combination of Patrick Nemeth and Julian Gauthier and Greg McKay. Okay, that just was not going to happen. To get a true bonafide superstar player, it was going to take a true bonafide uh, big-time prospect, and Brandon Hoffman would fit the bill there. And I think what the Rangers ended up doing was the better idea. You know, you go out and get uh, complimentary players, guys that are uh, kind of depth pieces. They can add some depth scoring, certainly to your roster as well. Uh, I think that was the way to go. By no means that I think that the Rangers should trade Brian Hoffman. I just was merely throwing out the idea that if you wanted a true superstar, it was going to take something truly significant going back in the other direction. And maybe Brian Hoffman could be an option. That was it. 
By no means did I want him gone. It looks like this kid is the real deal. Uh, once again, putting up just absolute video game-like numbers in the OHL. And we're going to go ahead and get into a couple of other New York Rangers prospects in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? Choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Rock Auto. Dot com. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, another Ranger prospect that we definitely got to talk about here. They actually mentioned him very briefly uh, during one of the more recent games during the MSG broadcast. You know, they just quickly put up uh, his player bio and talked about the season that he was having, but it was very brief. Uh, that's going to be Ryder Korzak, 19-year-old center, who is currently playing with the Moose Jaw Warriors of the, uh, let's see, that would be the WHL. He is in his third season with Moose Jaw and the Rangers. For anybody who might need a little bit of a refresher, they took him in the third round, number 75 overall in this past year's draft, 2021, and having a really nice season for himself, 68 games with the Moose Jaw Warriors. He has scored 25 goals, dished out 54 assists, and has scored 79 points. He's also a plus 12, and I mentioned that it was his third season with the Moose Jaw Warriors. I want to mention the season that he had two years ago, 2019-2020. Very good season there as well when you're looking at the points, uh, 62 games, 18 goals, and 49 assists for a total of 67 points in those 62 games. But something that really kind of caught my attention looking at his stats from two years ago, his plus-minus, he was a minus 40 in those 62 games despite having 67 points. I actually thought that this had to be, you know, a typo, a misprint of some kind, but I looked it up on a separate, you know, website, and same thing. He was a minus 40 that season. And I know plus minus isn't the end-all be-all, but God, he must have been on the ice for every single goal that was scored for the Moose Jaw Warriors and against them as well that season. That's about the only conclusion that I can come up to, but he's obviously doing a lot better in that department. Once again, 79 points in 68 games this season. He is also a plus 12 in that time. And in fact, Moose Jaw just concluded its regular season on Sunday, and the Moose Jaw Warriors will be the number four seed in the OHL playoffs. They will take on the number five-seeded Saskatoon Blades. And so, obviously, best of luck to Ryder Korzak in the playoffs there. And obviously, hey, you know, it's never too early to have playoff success if you're a Ranger prospect or ultimately even win your league's championship. We'll see how uh, Korzak and the Moose Jaw Warriors fare in the WHL playoffs for sure. Somebody else that I'm really intrigued by is Will Cooley. Cooley is a left winger. Once again, another left winger. Uh, has a lefty shot. 
was selected in the second round, number 60 overall by the New York Rangers back in 2020. He is also 20 years old. And this is somebody that definitely plays the game with an edge, plays a hard-nosed style, and somebody that seemed to be a bit of a standout during Ranger rookie camp coming into this season. I believe he got into a fight. Uh, the Rangers, you know, in their rookie camp, they were uh, scrimmaging some of the Flyers' prospects. I believe it was Cooley who got into a fight, was not able to 100% verify that. I mean, they shot that game, but it was just like one camera the entire time. It wasn't like state-of-the-art production value like you get for Ranger games uh, on the MSG network every single night. But yeah, I mean, Cooley, like we said, by all accounts, very hard-nosed player and guy who can put the puck in the net as well, having a heck of a season as the captain for the OHL's Windsor Spitfires. Uh, he has skated in 59 games with the Spitfires this season, has scored 43 goals and dished out 37 assists, so 80 points in just 59 games with the Spitfires. He is also a plus 22 in that time. But this is somebody who, on top of having, you know, a nice scoring touch, certainly plays uh, some physical hockey and plays with a little bit of an edge, and uh, that obviously bodes well for his chances of making it to the Rangers at some point in the future. We will see what happens there. But, you know, this is also a good time for me to mention that, you know, I'm going through some of the top Ranger prospects, and it's another good opportunity to mention and give props to Chris Drury for not having to trade any of these top-tier prospects that the Rangers have at the deadline this season and still landing some really, really solid complimentary players like Andrew Kopp, like Frank Vetrano, like Tyler Mott. I mean, I know Mott is injured injured right now, but you get the idea. And uh, even Justin Braun as well. You know, doing all that without giving up top-notch grade-A prospects for the New York Rangers. And so far, so good uh, for Will Cooley here. Somebody who, again, impressed during the Ranger rookie camp and has obviously had uh, a heck of a season for himself with the Windsor Spitfires. And for what it's worth, Cooley has definitely shown a willingness to drop the gloves. I was trying to find that fight that I think that he had during the Ranger rookie camp against the Flyers. No such luck. But I did notice, you know, the first thing that came up when I typed in Will Cooley fight was um, he got into a fight during the CHL top prospects game from uh, two years ago. So obviously wanting to make a name for himself, wanting to stand out. A lot of eyeballs are going to be on that game, the top prospects game, and he certainly did not miss his opportunity to make the most of it. Once again, getting into a fight in that game, and it was a fight that not only did he win, but he actually gave his opponent a little bit of a break toward the end of it. Uh, they, you know, they're they're trading fists, and Cooley lands a couple of heavy right hands. And it kind of looked like his opponent, Sabrango, uh, was done. And, you know, Cooley kind of laid off. And they actually hugged at the end of the fight. I have not seen that very often, but uh, good sportsmanship there. He won the fight and uh, didn't necessarily go for the uh, the KO punch there. But obviously both players uh, standing out as being willing to fight, even in a top prospects game uh, as this was here. And as far as the Spitfires in the OHL playoffs... They are the number one seed in the Western Conference, and they will be opening the playoffs against the number eight-seeded Sarnia Sting. So, as is the case with all of the Ranger prospects, we'll certainly keep tabs and uh, you know just see how they do in their respective league playoffs going forward here. Somebody else I wanted to talk about who I don't think necessarily gets as much attention as some of the other New York Ranger prospects, but that is Matthew Robertson. He is a defenseman currently playing for the Hartford Wolfpack. He is six foot four, two hundred one pounds, a lefty shot, twenty one years old, and the Rangers took him in the second round back in twenty nineteen. He went number forty nine overall at that time, and unlike a lot of the young Ranger defensemen who 
seem to have some offensive upside. He's known as a little bit more of a stay-at-home defenseman, although it is worth pointing out that last season in the WHL, he played for the Edmonton Oil Kings. He was an alternate captain for that team, skated in 22 games with the Oil Kings, scored four goals, and had 18 assists, was also a plus 26. So uh, 22 points in 22 games, point per game for a defenseman, not too shabby. This season with the Hartford Wolfpack, the offense isn't there to as much of a degree, obviously, because he has skated in 62 games, has one goal and 10 assists in that time. He is also a minus seven. And I also wanted to go ahead and just read a quick excerpt from an article on NHLRumors.com. This comes to us from Peter Harling. Uh, Harling did a great job uh, ranking the top 10 current New York Ranger prospects. He's got Matthew Robertson at number six. And this is what he had to say about him as far as his defensive ability is concerned. Robertson is an advanced defensive player for his age. He combines heady reads and anticipation with his mobility, reach, and size to great effect. The Edmonton native defends well on the rush by denying lane to the net and forcing attackers wide. He plays a physical game, but does not chase hits, putting himself out of position. In zone, he anticipates passes and denies lanes with an active stick and is not averse to blocking shots. So we'll see. I mean, the tricky thing if you're a New York Ranger prospect, particularly a defenseman, is once again, the Rangers have a heck of a team right now, and it's just uh, absolutely loaded when it comes to the blue line. And it just seems like there's a couple guys in front of him in the pecking order, but who knows? You know, maybe next season, Matthew Robertson uh, gets a chance in training camp to stake his claim to an opening night roster spot. We've been surprised before. You know, Ke'Andre Miller, former first-round pick, so it's not that much of a surprise, but nobody ever thought that he was going to make the opening night roster a couple seasons ago. The Rangers are not shy about throwing their young defensemen onto the ice and basically just saying sink or swim and just letting them kind of take their lumps and get acclimated to play at the NHL level. So we'll see if something similar uh, could happen with Matthew Robertson at some point. Again, the tricky part is just kind of finding room for him, but I mean, you look at the way things stand right now, maybe Patrick Nemeth becomes a trade candidate in the offseason. You know, that's another uh, topic for another day, but I would think sooner rather than later, uh, hopefully Matthew Robertson at least gets a chance uh, to stake his claim to a spot on the New York Rangers. Going to be tough, going to be an uphill battle, and no shortage of candidates, you know, gunning for those last couple of defenseman spots on the New York Rangers, to be sure. I mean, it looks like the top five spots are all spoken for for the foreseeable future. Adam Fox, Ryan Lindgren, Keandre Miller, Jacob Truba, Braden Schneider, none of those guys is going anywhere anytime soon, you know, barring an unforeseen trade or anything like that. Uh, but we'll see. You know, hopefully Robertson at least gets his opportunity at some point. I figure the rest of the Ranger prospects, we can kind of save them for another day, maybe a little bit of a part two of this. There are some other guys that I definitely want to talk about, uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com, and definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to break down everything that happens between the Rangers and Jets on Tuesday night. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodin and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.